You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz. Thanks for tuning in. Our weekly look at the Twins, and uh, Rhett Bollinger joins us. And Rhett, our long national nightmare is over, man. The Twins uh, not only won a ball game, but won several. Uh, Started out 0-9, and, of course, there was uh, much panic from the populace, as is understandable, but uh, a nice weekend sweep over the Angels. That had to change the, the whole tone of the clubhouse, I would imagine. Yeah, definitely. I think the Twins, you know, when they were 0-9, the players definitely were not in a good mood. Uh, as much as they're saying the right things, I think deep down they're definitely uh, not very happy. Going 0-9, this is a team that thought they were going to make the postseason. You know, it's a team that, you know, a lot of these players, guys like Dozier and Plouffe, you know, during spring training were saying, you know, we're going to get off to a better start this year. We believe we're a postseason team. And then all of a sudden the fall kind of flat on their faces and go 0-9 uh, was tough for them. But I think to come back and sweep the Angels was definitely uh, a confidence booster. Um, you know, the offense started to get going. You know, you figured it would. That's the whole thing. I mean, you look at the numbers over that 0-9 stretch. I mean, the offense was so bad, runners in scoring position and that kind of stuff. But things were naturally probably going to change. Um, it was just bad timing for them to have that happen out of the shoot like that. Um, but the big news is the pitching's been a lot better in general all season. They've pretty much been in every game, even those, you know, games they lost. They were in those games, and if their offense was even, you know, average over that stretch, um, they would have played a lot better. Uh, but they just had kind of a historically bad offense to start out the year. I think they scored, what, 13 runs in their first seven or eight games. Um, but over the weekend, it looked a lot better, and I think yeah, the clubhouse definitely in a better mood. I think they're kind of ready to kind of move past that slow start and see if they can get back to 500 at some point this month. Yeah, the crazy thing was more strikeouts than hits in, uh, I believe, in all nine of those losses to start the year. And it's interesting, Red. I mean, obviously, anything that happens in April gets amplified, and especially out to shoot like that. I mean, if, if the Twins had won on opening day, and then proceeded to uh, go 3-9 uh, and nine over the course of their first 12, there would be frustration, certainly, but, but uh, you wouldn't be dealing with the, uh, the historical precedent uh, being thrown out there. You know, no team has started out 0-9 in recent postseason. I went back and looked. I mean, the, the Braves in 2010, uh, as a recent example, they lost nine in a row in April, not to start the season. They actually won the first two games that year, but they, won nine in a, or they lost nine in a row uh, in April and went on to make the playoffs that year. They won 91 games that year. And I think in the, in the dual wild card system particularly, uh, that there can be some forgiveness uh, over what happened. But, but yeah, it, when it, it's just so jarring when it, when it happens right out, right out the gate. Yeah, exactly. That's the big thing. I mean, you look at the Twins, though, they're kind of a recent example for them, too. Maybe not so recent, but the last time the Twins went 2-9 uh, was 1991, and they obviously came back and won the World Series that year. So teams definitely have overcome – slow starts, but you're right. Historically, no team has ever gone 0-9 and made the postseason, uh, let alone, I think, even 0-6 and made the postseason. Um, so it's just kind of one of those things where it just makes it tough the rest of the year just because, obviously, there are a ton of games left, but now you've got to kind of have to play at a, maybe a 95-win pace or 92-win pace just to even get to, you know, the mid-80s um, to, to be a team that can be considered that second wild card. Um, and the Twins kind of had to have a lot of things kind of break right for that yeah. to happen. Uh, originally, so now it's just kind of one of those things where they got to kind of play maybe a little bit above their heads. But it happened last year. I think, you know, they played pretty well last year after a slow start. Uh, they kind of almost have to have a month like last year where they had a May where they won 20 games, uh, which broke the record by their 1991 Twins, and I think won in 
19 games in May. So I think they kind of got to get good in a hurry and go on a pretty big winning streak here in April or May and try to get back to 500 over these next couple of months and then maybe kind of figure it out from there. Um, but, yeah, it's always tough to be in a hole. And like I said, it kind of hurts the confidence of the team. They're pressing early. But I think getting these three wins now, maybe they'll settle down and play better baseball going forward. As you said, going forward, a lot of things have to go right. Uh, one, one thing that was going right, even when the Twins were uh, – in the course of the 0-9 was Joe Maurer. Uh, he, he's been hitting at a nice clip. He's uh, going into the week with a 372 average, 983 OPS. Is Joe Maurer back? What do you make of these first couple of weeks for Mr. Maurer? I mean, it's a little too early to say that he's back, but it's certainly a great sign. I mean, he's hitting over 370. I think he's second in the American League and on base percentage, um, hitting the ball really hard, hitting the ball well, uh, drawing walks, not really striking out much. That's a big key, is it? In the last couple of years, as part of his struggles, he was striking out a lot more than he ever custom to with Joe Maurer. Um, and right now, the strikeout rate is way down. I think he's striking out fewer than anybody on the team. Um, and then on top of it, I said he's drawing the walks, hitting the ball the other side, um, coming up with big clutch hits, too, a couple game-tying hits late in games over the weekend. Uh, you know, and obviously hit a home run early in the season, which is kind of rare for him. Um, so, yeah, it's a good sign. Uh, you know, we'll see if he can keep it up. We've seen him have some good stretches even over the last two years. But then we start the season this way. He hasn't done this, you know, in a while. So, um, if he can even, you know, keep it up a little bit, uh, we could see Mauer become a productive first baseman, which some of the Twins have been looking for now uh, ever since he suffered that concussion. And if, if the concussion symptoms have gone down, in fact, that he is wearing, you know, he wore sunglasses yesterday in the day game. We talked about that before and kind of c- trying to cut down on some of the, the vision problems. But if those vision problems are gone, and, you know, because it's been, you know, two, three years since the concussion, uh, and he can get back to, a, you know, maybe not exactly what he was before, but even close to it, and the guys can put up a good average with a good on-base percentage, That'd be huge for this lineup because you got to figure some of the guys that are going through the early season slumps, the Brian Dozers, uh, the Miguel Sanos, those kind of guys are going to bounce out of those soon. I think Jungle Park is kind of on the verge of maybe breaking out here too. But if Joe can be that on-base guy, you know, the elite on-base guy that he's been in the past, that'd be huge for this lineup. And I think right now it's still a little too early to say, um, but it's certainly a good sign. Another good sign has, has been the bullpen, uh, which is a real strength. They, they were the bullpen uh, on, our, on MLB.com. They were our bullpen of the week for the second week of the season, and uh, that's based on a formula. Bill James has helped provide the, this formula where they you know, tabulate runs allowed and strikeouts and all these things to come up with the bullpen of the week. And that's interesting because it was a week in which they lost uh, closer Glenn Perkins to the DL with a shoulder injury, uh, fraying in the shoulder labrum. Uh, Red, how serious uh, is that injury? How long can we expect him to be out? You know, it's pretty serious. The Twins don't really know how long he's going to be out yet, but uh, even Perkins said he expects to be out for a little while. Um, the timeline right now is pretty rough. I think he's just going to kind of stay away from throwing and see kind of how it feels over the next couple of weeks here, but it could be a month. It could be longer. Um, it's tough to really say because it is kind of a scary thing with the shoulder, and the big thing with him was just kind of his velocity was down all spring, you know, pretty much topping out around 91 maybe 93, um, and the same thing early in the season. But Perkins kept saying, you know, I talked to him in spring, he kept saying, no, 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 my velocity will come, you know, once the game starts and I'm in the closing situation. And you know, he's never really a big fan of spring training, to be honest. And I thought, okay, yeah, I'm sure he'll probably kind of ramp it up when he needs to get it up there. And sure enough, during the season, he was still, you know, throwing 91. And, uh, his, you know, even his slider, which used to be around 84, was going in around 80 or so. So um, the velocity is down. You can kind of tell something was up. And sure enough, uh, it's a shoulder thing, which is always scary. Uh, just because you never really know how those are going to react. So um, I think right now the timetable is just a little too soon to say. Um, he's not throwing anything yet. Uh, but it was a good sign to see the bullpen do well without him because the first week of the season, 
even with you know more than just Perkins, a lot of guys struggled that first week. Kevin Jepson, uh, Trevor May, pretty much everyone but Ryan Presley. Um, and then all of a sudden this last week, all those guys uh, have kind of bounced back. Like May and Jepson are always going to bounce back. They're both very good relievers. Um, and guys get a lot of strikeouts. But Presley's been a, a revelation in the bullpen. And then even Michael Tonkin coming in on Sunday against the Angels for two innings and striking out four of the six guys he faced, including Pujols and Trout, uh, was a good sign. So, yeah, I think if this bullpen can kind of gel a little bit, I don't think it's ever going to be a, an elite bullpen throughout the season or anything, but if it can be an above-average one and, and they got a lot of young kids on the way that could come in and maybe kind of reinforce it, um, that would also be big for this team because starting pitching so far has been pretty good as well. Uh, another transaction, uh, excuse me, another transaction from this past week, Rhett, uh, the signing of veteran David Murphy to a minor league deal. Uh, I'm a Murphy fan, unabashedly. I, I think he's a great clubhouse guy and uh, obviously up there in years at this point, but because um, he's my age, which is up there in years, in, in baseball years. <laughs> um, but, you know, he can hit right-handed pitching pretty well. Talk, talk to me about that signing and, uh, and what goes behind that. How likely are we to see him at the big league level? I think it was fine. that made a lot of sense. Like you said, he's a great clubhouse guy. I remember I used to cover the, the Rangers here and there um, as an opposing team in Anaheim, and I covered the Rangers in the playoffs a couple of years. And he was always kind of their clubhouse leader with Michael Young, um, even though he kind of just joined that team. He's just a great guy. The Twins kind of need somebody like that in their clubhouse right now, a veteran guy. They've got a guy like Brian Dozier who's kind of their clubhouse leader, but he's not really quite you know, fully established as a guy. He's not in his 30s or anything yet, um, whereas Murphy's more of a veteran leader, and the Twins don't really have that right now, at least not on the um, offensive side position players so that makes sense but also he said he definitely can hit uh, right-handed pitching and right now the twins you know want to roll with their young outfield but um eddie rosario and miguel sano and byron buxton have all kind of struggled here early um especially sano and rosario uh rosario particularly kind of asked me to be a little bit worried just because he's off to a bad start i just see the twins maybe optioning rosario to kind of give him that bat to triple a um, and bringing up a, someone like murphy who could uh, you know, kind of fill in here and there and, and maybe platoon or just kind of get some at-bats here against right-handers. But the one thing that might block Murphy a little bit is right now that Oswaldo Arcia is actually having a pretty nice start to the season and had a big weekend against the Angels, uh, kind of filling in for Buxton with uh, Rosario moving over to center. Um, so I, I do think that Murphy's got a good chance to be up here at some point. It's going to be on uh, – it kind of gets put some pressure on some of those young guys to kind of step it up. Um, I'm more worried about Rosario than Sano just because I think Sano – We'll figure it out. Although his strikeout rate right now is pretty alarming, and he's not—you know—he doesn't have a homer yet. But I think Rosario is the one that really is struggling with the strike zone in general. He might need to go down to Triple A Rochester to figure it out. And Buxton, we'll see. He's been hurt the last couple of days, um, but he's looking—he's like gotten a little bit more of a plan at the plate recently, and when he has played. So all those kind of young guys are kind of on notice, I guess you could say, um, because if anything were to happen, they could definitely bring up Murphy to come in and fill in for them uh, here and there until those guys get it going at Triple A potentially. Yeah, it's a pretty fascinating outfield group uh, watching these young young guys uh, go through their development. And kind of said going into the season that the high strike might be an issue for Sano, and, and sure enough, the opposition has, has pounced on that here early on. Uh, you mentioned Arcia. I mean, he had, his, as you said, he had the huge weekend, and a, a guy who was out of options going into spring camp, and obviously the Twins don't want to lose him, uh, especially on the might of those 20 home runs he had in 2014 before his uh, – exiled to the minor league last year, but that's to be really encouraging for him that, that weekend he had. It really was, and this was, like I said, a guy that was out of options in spring training and coming off of last year, I think he played, what, what 19 games with the Twins, and the rest of the time he was at AAA and hit 199 down there. So he had a pretty rough year last year coming off a really good one the year before it, or at least a good one for a 22-year-old the year before when he had 20 home runs um, in about 100 games. 
So he really kind of dedicated himself this off season to getting in better shape and, and just kind of working the entire off season. Um, usually he goes back to he's a you know, native Venezuelan, uh, but instead he went to Fort Myers, Florida, and spent the entire off season kind of working out there and uh, doing drills there, and you know hired a nutritionist there, got into better baseball shape, and he just kind of took it more seriously. And so far, it's really been paying off. Um, kind of lim- limited opportunities so far, but um, over the weekend, filling in for Bucks, and he did great. Had to, you know, go ahead, essentially game-winning home run on Saturday, and then yesterday in the uh, longer game there in the 12-inning game, uh, he had the game-winning uh, double up of, you know, a very good reliever in Houston Street. And he kind of went with the pitch that was outside the, you know, outside the strike zone. So he was able to hit it to the opposite field, um, and his home run was the opposite field too. So to see him kind of using the whole field. Uh, is a good sign, and I do think he'll get some more at-bats here, um, especially with Rosario struggling. I think he's probably going to overtake Rosario maybe here pretty soon in terms of getting a little bit more regular at-bats. The only issue with the Twins is just kind of sacrificing, you know, a little bit of defense for offense right now. But with the way that the offense is going, I think they probably kind of have to take that risk and go with the offense just because they're not really doing too well offensively, obviously. Um, but I do think he's going to get some more playing time going forward. It's kind of up to him to see if he can capitalize on it. All right. I want to thank Rhett for joining us and giving us the latest on the Twins. And the Twins, believe it or not, no, they're not going winless for 2016, and they might, in fact, uh, pull themselves out of that early season rut. We shall see. Uh, We'll talk to Rhett uh, each week of the season. So thanks for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Minnesota Twins Edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.